Before we begin this week's show, I do have an announcement. Haley Odlazel passed away this past Friday. Uh, she has ascended from this life in heaven bless her, literally and fully. She was diagnosed eight years ago with ovarian cancer and was given originally three to six months to live. But her and the Creator turned that into eight years. Yes, eight years of a lot of pain and suffering, but eight years of moments and memories with her husband, Taylor, and her four-year-old son, Weston. So let us please keep Haley, family, and friends in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. And I have decided to dedicate the entirety of season six to Haley, she is, continues to be such a great, brilliant, loving light, an example of how we can be like the Creator in the flesh. We love you, Haley. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a trans-denominational podcast for everyone of all faiths or no faiths. Everyone is welcome and everyone is safe. Hello, my name is Reverend Angel Wise and I'll be your host. I am an ordained trans-denominational minister, intuitive healer, Kabbalist, and life coach. I firmly believe that divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble, many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we'll explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. So be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? No, really, how is everyone doing? You all are so quiet out there, and I always give my contact information, but very, very few reach out. Know, everyone, please, that you are all family. We are all family, and that I am here. If you are ever in need, all you have to do is just reach out to me. It's that simple. It's that easy. I don't bite. I don't even have enough teeth to bite if I wanted to bite. So there's no worries there. No questions asked. Just feel free to contact me anytime because I know a lot of you are going through so much. And I'm sure a lot of it you can handle on your own. But you know what? It doesn't hurt. As a matter of fact, it greatly helps often to reach out to others. And I'm always available. And I just want to make sure everybody knew that my contact information is at the end of the show at the end of every show but if you can't wait till then you can contact me at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com if you're new to the show thank you so much for finding us it is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find everything that you're searching for in a podcast especially a faith-based podcast here and more and if you're returning infinite thanks blessings and love for always being here, folks. It is because of you and your love and devotion that this show is and continues to be here. 
I am so excited and so happy to be able to share with you all today one of my all-time favorite teachers. His name is Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj. I do have a small, it's very small biography here to share with all of you, but more so I have his teachings to share. And that is what really will show you the type of person um, that Nisargadatta um, was, still is, through his teachings. It's just completely mind-blowing stuff. So we'll begin with the bio. Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj was born April 17th, 1897, and he passed in September 8th, 1981. He was an Indian spiritual teacher and philosopher of Advaita, which is also pronounced Advaita. It's A-D-V-A-I-T-A. In a really good uh, definition of the word Advaita, or I should say translation of Advaita, is the philosophy that you and the creator are one, but so is everyone else. Everything is the creator and that this life that we're living, we are living from the I, me, and mine, which is from the false self, is from the illusionary self. And to see beyond that is to connect directly with the divine, with the creator, to receive that light and to see this world for what it truly is and to see all beings and things for what they truly are. And this, I know, may sound way out there to some of you or many of you, but it's quite a bit what we touch on here in the show and we've been slowly working into and, you know, the lives of the great saints and the, the people that should be saints uh, that we've talked about and the classes that we've had as far as teachings I've shared with you all uh, on various topics all point to the same thing um, of that Advaita points to. And Nisargadatta wrote an incredible book, or there was a book that's got his teachings in it. It's called I Am That, and it summarizes his Advaita philosophy through the many talks with his devotees. And he would open his home up in the morning and people would just come in tons and tons of people throughout the day, coming and going, coming and going, as he would sit and he would teach. And he would teach a bit and then he would pause and allow questions. And to me, the, he is who I kind of modeled my teaching uh, when I used to teach uh, Eastern philosophy and Buddhism and, and such from 2004 to 2008, I modeled a lot of my methods from him because he would not sit higher than the people around him, which in Tibetan Buddhism, you're to sit higher as a show of not necessarily authority, but that you, it's as of wisdom, that you know what you were saying. Uh, when I taught, I sat on the floor and made sure I was lower than every one of my students around me um, because I would always be as humble as possible. And after I would teach, I always, always, and sometimes this went on longer than teaching itself, would open the floor for questions. Because if I was to come to, say, your church, and this isn't being specific to anybody in particular. So say I came to your church 
and I gave, um, you know, uh, a liturgy and I, I spoke and then, you know, I gave a sermon afterwards and then, you know, just said, you know, this is the word of the Lord. And everybody repeat, re replies, thanks be to God. And I say, you know, you know, go out and, and, and live and help people and, and blah, 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 bless you. But what about those people that didn't get what I said or didn't get the Bible passage or whatever I was the topic I was teaching on? What about those people that didn't understand that had questions? What about them? And I mean, raise your hand. How many of you have gone to your local church, mosque, synagogue, whatever, uh, coven, and someone has taught something or shared something that you didn't quite understand, but you weren't given an opportunity to ask questions. The asking questions part is, if not as important, more important than the actual teaching itself, because unless you can understand at least a little bit, because, I mean, there's a lot of teachings that just go way beyond our faculties and our 5% senses that uh, can can get through the, uh, the, the mesh in our senses to our heart. But it's important that you at least get a little bit that you can munch on and chew and take with you and contemplate. If you don't get that, what ends up happening is usually quite detrimental is that you end up leaving more confused than you were when you entered before the sermon or the teaching or whatever it is labeled or the liturgy. And that's very detrimental because now you leave this holy space and holy time with more questions than you did before you came in. And that is very, very bad. It's very negative. And that was always something I strove to make sure that I never closed and bid everyone a blessing and a farewell uh, when I taught until everyone's questions were at least met to the point to where they had something they could understand enough to chew on and contemplate, you know, until the next week. But like I always did, and I still do with you all, is I'm always available. So I'm just an email away. Um, or if you know me on Facebook, I'm just a message away to help you with your questions. And again, that's why it's so very important that I know a lot of you are shy, but it's so important that if you have a question to reach out to me or someone around you or to your priest or pastor or minister or rabbi or whomever, uh, your mentor, uh, to Get, think, get clarification on at least enough that you can, again, chew on and contemplate and learn from and evolve from. So the article continues. A little brief bio. Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj was born in March of 1897. From birth, he was called Maruti in honor of Hanuman. After his father died in 1915, Maruti went to Bombay, where he worked as a clerk and later selling hand-rolled cigarettes. Through this small business, he became financially prosperous. Through a friend in 1933, he was brought to the guru Siddharam 
Shwar Maharaj Maharuti, or excuse me, Maruti, was moved by Sri Siddhar Mashwar and made his first steps to practice spirituality. He was given a mantra in the Navnath, excuse me, Navnath tradition and instructions on how to meditate. After his guru, C. Siddhartha Mashwar passed away in 1936, Maruti felt a strong sense of renunciation and lost interest in worldly pursuits. He left his business and went on a pilgrimage to the Himalayas. However, on the way to the Himalayas, he met a brother disciple who persuaded him to stay in Bombay and practice spirituality within the world. When he returned to Bombay in 1938, his business had me, significantly declined, but it was enough to sustain him and his family. It was in 1938 that he became Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj, devoting all his free time to meditation. In particular, Nisargadatta meditated on the concept that I am. The spiritual idea that we are not the body and the ego, but the all-pervading consciousness. So, single baked bean, what does that mean? <laughs> that means that relatively, yes, we are the ego, we are the body, but ultimately we are what? We are our soul, we are spirit, we are um, the seed of the divine, we are children of God. Again, whatever you want to call that which is beyond labels, we are the universe, we are Hecate's children, etc., etc., so on and so forth. It's, it's infinite, it's limitless to the labels you can apply to this. But all too often, the 99.9% .9 of the world's population focuses on the I, me, and mine that ego, that relative self, and identifies as that. You know, my name is Angel. I identify as Angel. I am nothing more than this. You know, I didn't mean to sound robotic, but it's, it is quite robotic. It's very autopilot. And I am my emotions. I am, I, I react, you know, um, I get angry, you know, I get sad. I get, you know, depressed. I get um, moody, all these things that I identify or we identify as us, as what we are. Or as Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj would say, as what I am. And as we have been talking, I've been sharing with you all here on the show, especially in the last two seasons, is switching gears from head, brain to heart. Remember? Living from the mind. For those of you who are new, sorry, you didn't know that. <laughs> but this is what we've been working on. Uh, we've been incorporating, slowly incorporating this, hopefully, into our lives, um, is realizing that we need to experience and see things from the heart instead of the head. Now, the head would be the I, me, and mine. The heart would be anyone. The soul, the spirit, seed of God, you know, the creator, again, whatever you want to label that, which is beyond labels. And that's what Sri Nisargadatta's teachings were, is these were like lightning bolts that when you would hear these one, two, three sentence or paragraph teachings, it was to hit you, meant to hit you like a lightning bolt and wake you up. It's all about awakening to what not only you me, but everyone truly is. And not just waking up to that, 
but starting to operate from that, to operate and live a life from your spirit and your soul, then living a life from your body, from your ego, from the I, me, and mine, from the relative. You go from living a relative life to living an ultimate life, which is truly, truly, brothers and sisters, why we, our souls are all here. As I've said in so many shows before this one, we all have missions, plural, that we chose this life, this being, this form, our family, our parents, our surroundings, our environment. We chose. Our souls chose this with the Creator. And we took birth into this to achieve certain things. And if we stay in the I, me, and my mode, then our missions will not be completed. And those of you might say, well, what happens then? Well, what happens then is you die and your soul goes back and has not achieved any of the goals and missions that it was supposed to do. So it has to come back around again. And the thing is, is for us to get um, closer and closer to the divine through completing our missions that we don't have to come back around anymore, that, you know, we elevate our spirit elevates and gets higher and higher and higher and closer and closer and closer in union with the creator that, you know, we end result is merging with the creator, being with the creator. And I pray that makes some sense to a lot of you. I know that's really deep. And I know a lot of uh, faiths uh, poo-poo on reincarnation or anything like that. But if you're looking at it from a soul's perspective, it's not necessarily reincarnation. It's called incarnation. It's called birth. It's that you're coming to this lifetime with your mission. You are a soul. You are a spirit. You could be an angel, whatever. You are an energy. You are a force that is coming into this life for reasons, for with goals and missions. And if those aren't completed, you, you got to come back around and do it again. But again, if anybody has any questions, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Stop asking questions. I don't care. I don't care. Do I have to say it more? I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> and I know a lot of people out there that are listening to this probably have already turned this off and didn't even hear that. <laughs> that part. But please, folks, have an open mind and an open heart. I promise I will never mislead you or misguide you. If it's something you don't uh, subscribe to that you don't believe in, that's fine. At least just hear it out. Just listen to it. Stick it away in a toolbox or just throw it in the trash and don't think about it anymore. But at least just listen to the show with an open mind and open heart and you can poo-poo on it later. Like I said, you can throw it in the trash later, but at least give it an opportunity because I guarantee you, regardless of what your faith is or isn't, which is the goal of this show, remember that everyone, that it's not just focused on one particular faith. It's not per, It's not focused on any particular faith. That's key. So never ever forget that is that this show is not geared toward any one religion because every religion Every faith, 
every belief in the creator, whatever you want to label it that or not label that, is a vital organ of life, period. Again, whatever we want to poo-poo on or not, they are all very essential and they are all very important. So, again, I won't talk about that anymore, but still keep listening because there's we're getting ready to start the teachings here in just a moment. I'm going to be sharing his teachings that I know you're going to just, just be blown away by. So in 1951, he began accepting disciples, and he would regularly teach discourse in his house to disciples where he would answer their questions. These talks are summarized in the book, I Am That. It has become a classic of Advaita philosophy in the tradition of ancient traditions in the Upanishads and contemporary teachers like Ramana Maharishi, Srinya Sigardata explained concepts in the simplest of ways without any complex religious or spiritual terms. So that means that everything he taught had one goal purpose, and that was to wake you up to what you and everyone truly and naturally are, to wake up your spirit, to wake you up to your spirit, to your soul. And that way you could begin to know your soul and connect with your soul and awaken that soul to where you can start working on the goals and objectives and missions of that soul. Now, you could be totally asleep and focused on the I, me, and mine. And yes, you could still have goals but and work through the goals of the soul. But it's very, very tricky, very, very complicated. And it's all wrought with potholes and tripwires and punji sticks and all kinds of nasty things. So I will have a link to this bio, and I also have a link to everything, of course, as I always do uh, in the show description. But the book is I Am That, Talks by Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj. It's 550 yummy, delicious pages of his teachings, um, and it's back and forth. You, he will teach, and then you will be able to read questions that were posed, which nine times out of ten, it's questions that, you know, you would have when you're reading it. You're like, ah, I didn't quite get what he said. And you have that same question. Well, there was a student there that answered that. There's also hecklers that would purposely come into um, his home and uh, just be very rude and point things out and try to trip him up. And he never, ever got tripped up and he never ever fell for their garbage. And you'll see that in the book as well. And I highly, I well, beyond highly, I cannot recommend this book enough. It should be a main staple in everyone's spiritual library. Again, whatever your faith is or isn't, this book is not about faith. It's not about the Indian faith. It's not about uh, Hinduism or Buddhism or any of the Eastern faiths. Um, Sikhism or, you know, any of that, it is, it transcends that. Its only purpose is to wake you up to your soul so that you can begin living and operating from that soul. Okay, so let's begin with the teachings. This is uh, from an article called Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj Quotes on Spiritual Awakening Consciousness and Awareness. And it's 70, 70, 70 quotes of spiritual Lightning, really. Um, I won't 
go through all 70, but what I will do is I will read each one and I will expand on each one as best as I can to my ability. Now, you all may uh, perceive it and interpret it differently, and that's great because the goal is to is for your soul, is for your spirit to hear these questions and to be able to answer those questions, not your I, me, my ego. So Nisargadatta says, once you know with absolute certainty that nothing can trouble you but your own imagination, you come to disregard your desires and fears, concepts and ideas, and live by truth alone. So what does that mean to you? How do you resonate with that? It means that when we shift from, you know, functioning from a relative and living from a relative, I, me, and my ego-based life to a spiritual life from your soul, that means that you are more connected with the creator, right? More, more connected to the light. And we've been talking so much more about this. The more you're connected to the creator, the more light you receive. And the more light you receive, the more um, light you can share with others. And that's exactly what Nisargadatta is saying here, is that once you realize this, you know, you know, have fears and worries and concerns like you used to, you'll still have them because it's human. It's human to be worried. It's human to be anxious, but it will quickly fade because what will happen is when you become anxious or angry, let's just use anger. You start to become angry. The I, me, and my will start to become angry. Your spiritual or your soul self will take over and be like, okay, let's pause What's really going on here? What's the lesson in this? What is my mission in this being presented to me right now? And what is the best way to respond instead of just being knee-jerk reactions? Okay? So that's what he's talking about here is that those desires and fears and all of that stuff, you will then know that this is not, this is all just part of my mission. This cannot harm me. You know, even if someone kills you, you know, you can't be harmed. Your spirit, your soul cannot be harmed. And we've seen this in so many of the martyrs in the Roman Catholic faith and other faiths as well, is that they've all said that. Even Jesus, you know, you can kill this physical body, but you can't, you can't kill the spirit. You can't kill the soul. And no, we don't, we don't want to go to that extreme. But what I'm saying here is to not fear is to take, when you take fear out of the equation, so much changes. So the second quote is, when I say I am, I do not mean a separate entity with a body as its nucleus. I mean the totality of being, the ocean of consciousness, the entire universe of all that is known. I have nothing else to desire for. I am complete forever. And that piggybacks on what we were just saying that, you know, um, in Catholicism and Christianity, uh, it's referred to as surrender. When you surrender, when you realize that your connection with the divine, with the creator, and that you are it and it is you, get it? I am that. 
then all everything else starts to fall away. And it's like, you know, um, since I am the child of God, or I am daughter of the universe, or I am Hecate's uh, child, or just I am part of the creator and the creator is me. It changes everything. Your, your consciousness, again, the light, the light from the creator, you receive more, quote, ocean of consciousness, as he said, you receive that. And the entire universe of all that is known, you receive that light. Okay, number three, who is going to give you eternal peace? It is only the sun that I am. If you embrace that self-effulgent sun, everything else will go. But you will prevail eternity, excuse me, eternally. So again, for those of you who are Christian, surrender. Back to that again. If you realize that the divine, the creator, God, Adonai, Hashem, um, the all that is, the great mother, Hecate, again, whatever you want to label that, which is beyond labels, is it. And allow that sun to shine its light and to receive that light and embrace the creator, everything else will go, go away. And I know that's very difficult for us to believe and understand. And you're like, well, all my troubles go away? No, because <laughs> troubles are part of being human. There's no perfection or perfect in humanity in this human form because it is meant for us to have the challenges and uh, and missions so we can grow and evolve. And we'll always grow and evolve. Absolutely. But what will happen is the change will be that you will no longer react to things that used to set you off so easily. Things that we consider to be monumental troubles at this level that we're at now won't mean anything once we get to that higher level. And you all can, and you all eventually will, you know, regardless of what your faith is or isn't, the creator has plans for us. Again, we don't have to agree with them, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Eventually it will. Eventually we all, all of humanity. Now that's difficult to believe and, 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 and imagine is that someday, all of humanity will awaken to what it is and be reunited with the creator. And the most important part of that phrase there, that sentence was, who is going to give you eternal peace? And that's the thing is, is when you awaken more and more to your spirit, to your soul, and begin to operate from that, again, the fear goes away, which what? That brings peace. When you know that the creator's got your back regardless and that the creator is always right there with you, the creator is actually in front of you and in everyone that you interact with. This is the creator. Everything you interact with is the creator. When you can see it that way, when you can speak with the creator, just person to person as you would any friend uh, or partner, 
that's when things really change and that peace really sets in and that assurance that no matter what this life has in store for me, I'm going to take it and see it, perceive it, witness it, and respond to it from my spirit, from my soul. I'm going to respond to it from my heart. I'm going to respond from a place of giving instead of from a place of taking. Instead of the I, me, and my, the ego, gimme, 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 I'm going to respond differently and see things differently. Okay, number four, I live on courage. Courage is my essence, which is love of life. I am free of memories and anticipations, unconcerned with what I am and what I am not. So I hope you all see the the groove in the record that he's created here because it's playing the same message over and over and over again, although with different words, it means the same thing. And that's how these great teachers do this, is they will say the same thing in many different ways. Because, say, I understood the first phrase that he said, but you didn't. Eventually, you're gonna, he's going to say what resonates with you. He's going to sing the song in a pitch or tune that you can hear that you couldn't hear before. So, of course, if you are living from spirit, you are living from the soul, you are so connected with the divine and the creator and aware, that's the big one, aware of the creator and communicating with the creator as if the creator is right there with you because it is with you always. It's with everyone always. We just have to wake up to it. It not only brings peace, but it also brings what? Courage. It brings you strength. How many of us only pray when we need something? We've talked about this quite a bit, especially in the past two seasons. Is how often do we only pray when we want something or need something or, you know, you know, God help me or Creator help me, Adonai help me, Hashem help me, uh, Allah help me. You know, it's why are we waiting? Why are we only picking up the phone or turning, literally just turning our attention inwards to the creator that's inside of us and saying, hey, please give me strength. How many of us wake up in the morning and give thanks and gratitude for another day, for another breath, for another opportunity, for another chance? Not many. How many of us, when stuff starts going wrong, do we just get reactive and just blow up? I'll raise my hand, it happens. I'm working on that, though. What we should do is say, again, pause, take a couple breaths, and ask. Say, Lord, God, Adonai, Hashem, Allah, Hecate, whomever, universe, please give me strength. Give me strength in this moment. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get that strength instantaneously. All you've got to do, it's, it is that simple. Try it out, folks. Give it a try, and I guarantee it to work for you. But we've all been brought up, raised, taught that, you know, don't, don't bother the adults. You know, don't, don't bother mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. You know, they're, don't bother the adults. Don't bother the, you know, 
stay with the kids at the little table, you know, at the, at the children's table. You don't mess around with the adults. Leave them be. Don't bother them. And that's bled over into our spiritual lives, into our religious lives. Is that, oh, you can't go before God. You've got to go to Jesus because you can't go to God directly. That is utterly ridiculous that you they, they teach us that we are not to go to God directly, that we are to go to Jesus first and have Jesus. And then it goes, it goes further. It goes for, and again, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just pointing this out. Then it goes further. Don't bother Jesus. Go to Mary, his mother, and ask her to intercede for you. So you're asking Mary to ask Jesus to ask God. And when you you can just do it yourself because you are connected to the divine. Don't alienate God or put God so far away from you. Don't push it away. Don't push the creator away. And that's what we've been inadvertently, well, maybe not inadvertently, but we've, what we've been taught to do. We've been taught to not bother the adults, to leave them be. And there's some people that go, well, I can't even pray to Mary or ask Mary. What I'll do is I'll ask Saint so-and-so or I'll say, here's an example. I'll ask Blessed Father Solanus Casey to please contact Mary because he was close with Mary to contact Jesus, to contact God, to help me and my family or help me with this illness or this friend or this family member. With There's nothing wrong with asking all of those great, amazing energies and beings to help. But don't push God all the way out or the creator all the way out or Hecate or Adonai, Hashem, again, whatever you want to label that, which is beyond label. Don't push it so far away and make it so far, make it untouchable, unrelatable. Because that is just pushing the creator away. It's saying, no, I don't need you. I've got this. You know, it's allowing your ego, your I, me, and my. It's also allowing Satan so much room to play when you aren't going directly to the creator, when you're going through a, a, a phone chain to. So that's what I'm saying is adopt the creator as your best friend, as your partner, refer to it. Always speak with it. Always as you would a friend, as you would a loved one, as you would a partner. Speak with the creator like that and always give thanks and gratitude no matter what is going on. And don't be afraid to ask for strength. You're asking when you ask for strength. You're asking the creator to give you that light. Remember what we've talked about. The creator bestows. It gives. That's all it does. It never takes. It always wants to give. But how can you receive something? How can it give something to you if you're constantly pushing it away, saying, well, you know, I can't I can't talk with you because I'm not supposed to because you're this big bearded white boy in the sky and I can't talk with you because I'm not supposed to. I mean, and it's not knocking anybody. Honestly, I'm not because we've all, even myself, We've all been taught and trained this. We need to break that. We need to break that cycle. If you're a person that's been abused in your life, 
like me, one of the first things I always said during any of those altercations, I will never do this to my child or children ever. And I never have. I never have. And I never will break the cycle, break that chain, because that is not good. I'm sorry, folks, to have gone off on a uh, unbeaten path there, but I pray you all understood what I was pointing at there and the importance of what I was pointing at. So let's continue on. He says in number five, a quiet mind is all you need. All else will happen rightly. Once your mind is quiet, as the sun on rising makes the world active, so does self-awareness affect changes in the mind. In the light of calm and steady, self-awareness, inner energies wake up and work miracles without effort on your part. And again, see, same groove of the record, but he's wording it differently. Once we become more in touch with our spirit and our soul and start living from that and allowing the creator to be more part of our every moment life, part of the breath that it gave us, things will change. Miracles happen and you will be literally blown away by how your life will change and it will change on all levels. Again, it's not saying that things are going to be quote unquote perfect because again, we don't live in a perfect mode. This life, this humanness is not meant to be perfect, but how you perceive and react to things will be so different and how things happen in your life will be completely different. We'll have a, be having a show coming up. I'm hoping next week for this show, but we'll see uh, on how our lives are set up when we are born, how we have agreed, have agreed with them, with the creator for our lives to be and how our lives change and why they change and how we can make those changes happen, how our life can go from, one thing that it was meant to be to many, 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 many different things just based on our choices, our actions, and especially our reactions. So number six, he says, the beginning of duality is when you know you are. This is primary duality, the very source of illusion. So what he's saying here is when you start to connect more and function more from your soul, from your spirit, Again, that change happens where you start realizing that the things that you, how you saw and experiences and interpreted things in your life before were completely different than how you see and feel and experience them now. You know, thing, again, things that bothered you before it would set you off so easily. Again, I always use the, the, you know, the analogy or the example of the guy that cuts you off in traffic. How before when a person cuts you off in traffic, you'd be just snap, screaming and yelling and blowing your horn and going crazy to where when you become more in tune with your spirit and moving and living more, flowing from your spirit, from your heart, you will just go with it. You know, you'll, if anything, you'll say a prayer for that person because you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they were just told that their wife was in a car accident and is in critical care and they're just going madly to get where they need to go or maybe they just had a relative or someone die or maybe a child was in an accident and they're they're just hurrying and not paying attention to anything around them it could be that we don't know 
But it is always best to, again, pause, come from a place of giving from the heart, from your spirit, from the creator, from the divine, from a place of love and giving and pray for that person. You know, I don't know what's going on with them, but I pray that they are okay. And I pray that they get where they are going to safely. It's that easy. But look at the change. Instead of you losing your peace and going nuts and screaming, yelling, and cursing, and maybe doing something where you cause an accident or have an accident yourself because you're so upset that now you are at total peace. No one has taken your peace. You're at total peace focused on love and giving and caring and compassion. You are becoming like Jesus. You are coming from Jesus. You are coming from the creator. You are flowing from Hecate. You are responding as they would respond. You can insert whatever, whatever you want in that. You are reacting as they would react. And that's what it's all about. Next is number seven. All you have to do is give attention to the obstacles created by the foolish mind. And we've talked about that. Our mind is not perceiving things correctly. Remember, it, re it perceives less than five, less than 5% of what is going on at any given second. Any given second. Remember, we have four uh, gigabytes of information at every given second flooding us. But less than 5% of that is received, and it goes through our senses, for those of you who aren't um, are new to the show. We've done a show on this and those senses filter what we perceive. So we're getting less than 5% of anything that's happening in our lives and understanding that. So again, waking up to that, knowing that, realizing that there's more to the story than meets the eye that meets the senses and just coming from a place, reacting, responding from a place of love, from giving, from compassion, from caring, you know, again, as we were talking about the old bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Insert whatever you want there. What would blank do? And do that. What would my spirit do? What would my soul do? What, would, what does my soul want me to do right now? And that's one thing that we need to understand and, and realize is that our souls already have the answers to everything. Our souls already know what they're here to do, what missions that they are here to do. But the humanness of us, the I, me, and my, the ego part, pushes them, pushes it away to where it isn't able to do what it needs to do. You know, we believe we know all the answers. We have all the answers. Satan's telling you, hey, oi, you know, you already know everything. You don't need the creator, you don't need this. You don't need that book. I am whatever he's talking about. Sri Nissa, what a, what a, who, who cares? Is he Catholic? Is he Christian? Nah. So he's hypocritical or heretical. He's, oh, that's, that's, he's the devil himself. He's the devil. I'm not listening to this. This is garbage. This is, this is poison. See, this is what keeps us further and further away. You know? Commune with your spirit, with your soul, with the creator. And then Satan says, that voice in your head says, 
Oh, you can't, you don't, no, 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 no. You can't, who do you think you are trying to speak directly with, with God? You can't do that. That's a sin. You're going to burn in hell. Don't do, no. See, these are the things in our humanness, in our logic, in our psyche that are these obstacles that block us, this foolish mind, because that's exactly all of that is, is foolishness. And it's dangerous. It's so dangerous because it's, it's these obstacles of keeping us away, preventing us from that close relationship with the creator, that being and living from our soul and achieving and doing what we are here to do and helping all of the people that we possibly can. And it's all done by actions. It's not done by throwing liturgy or, or, or Bibles or Korans or uh, Dhammapadas or, you know, you name it, whatever, you know, Holy Scripture. It's not imposing your faith on someone else because we talked about this so many times in so many shows. That's impossible. No one can believe what you believe. It's impossible. So stop trying to change people. Don't try to change. Change yourself. And then be from your soul, from that place of compassion, from love, from understanding, from giving instead of taking. And as Mr. Gardada says here that if we do this, these things start to fall away. Of course, at first, it's going to be difficult because Satan is going to be telling you all, this is wrong, this is ridiculous, you can't do this. All these voices are going to be coming forth. Ignore them. Let them go. Continue. Breathe. Pause. Breathe. Focus back to the heart. Come from a place of love, from giving, from compassion, and continue. And you'll see these things start to fall away. And what that falls away, obstacles will fall away. Things are going to start to flow so much easier and so much better in your life. Okay, next is number eight. He says, it is only during the duration of the beingness that the world and creation is. This power is the faith in the primordial concept I am. And that is the concept that weaves a web of creation. The entire manifestation is an appearance in this concept. So single big beam, what does that what does that mean? Again, it means that the world, the way we perceive it, is from our illusion. It's from our I, me, and my. That's why two people can look at the same object and not see it the same way. Two people can have faith and be going to the same church, but believe some things that are completely different, opposite, or even disagree and argue and fight with each other over concepts that one believes over the other, or the other one believes is different than this. But once we become more in touch with the I am, which is the creator, our soul, our spirits, once we become more in touch with that and more awakened to that, more living from that, all of these things start to fall away and we start to see the illusion, literally the illusion that has been spun by our egos, by our I, me, and mine, by Satan, um, by us listening to that voice or voices always in, in, in doing what the voice tells us and reacting just out of knee-jerk 
gut reactions instead of pausing and breathing and focusing and coming from a place of love. Instead, we're grabbing constantly. Give me, give me, give me. What's in it for me? If it's not something in it for me, I don't want anything to do with it. What can you give me? If you give me something, I might help you. It depends on what you give me uh, will be the extent of how much I help you. See, this is how things are. And this is how people are in the world because they are so, so lulled into this um, false reality. It's not truly how things are. This is not how life is to be. We can change it at any moment just like that. It just takes that shift from the I, me, and mine to what is coming from our heart, the soul, the spirit with the creator and coming from a place of love and compassion and understanding. It's just, I hope you all are understanding or at least with me on this a little bit. Next is number nine. He says, love is not selective. Desire is selective. In love, there are no strangers. I'm going to say that one more time. Love is not selective. Desire is selective. In love, there are no strangers. So if you're coming from a place of love, you don't care. You know, the person just cuts you off. You don't care about what just took place. You know, you were able to navigate and not have an accident. You're fine. The creator's got you no matter what. So you are now shifting from a place of love. You are coming from love by saying, oh, my, I hope that person's okay. And then you say a prayer for them. You know, that I pray everything's okay in their lives and that they get to where they're going to safely. Um, and, and I pray all their loved ones are okay. And that if they were, if you want to add the if or the but, if they are coming from a place of ego, I, me, and mine, that they awaken. That, you know, they awaken to the creator, they awaken to the light. And you could go on and on and on from that. But again, we see in love, there are no strangers because we realize that not only am I a child of the creator, everyone is. Everything is created by the creator. There's nothing, nothing that you're looking at, listening to um, right now or ever that didn't come from the creator. Everything literally comes from the creator. And the more we wake up to that, the more we come from love. And remember, love is not selective. Desire is, again, eh, I might help you. What do you got to offer? You know, how much can you give me? You know, and, it, and based on what you can give me, it's what I will give you. See? Okay, next is number 10. He says, awareness is primordial which means it's natural, it's instinctive. It is the original state, beginningless, endless, uncaused, unsupported, without parts, without change. Consciousness is on contact, a reflection against a surface, a state of duality. There can be no consciousness without awareness, but there can be awareness without consciousness, as in deep sleep. Awareness is absolute. Consciousness is relative to its content. Consciousness is always of something. Okay, so what in the world did he just say? <laughs> so what he's saying is, as far as awareness is being awake to what we truly and naturally are. Our spirit, our soul, our connection with the divine. That is our original state because we were 
a soul or spirit, whatever you want to call it, before we were this human. We forget that. We just think I was that baby that was born, and we go from there. No, you got to go back because there was us before this, and there will be us after this, okay? So that awareness of us, that, that spirit, that soul, is our original beingness. As a matter of fact, he says it's being less because it never had form. It was just energy. It's endless. It's uncaused, which I would say, yeah, it comes from the creator. But as he's saying, it's uncaused. It's unsupported. It's without parts, meaning it, it, it's just is. It's just this energy. He's going right to the root of the divine. He's actually talking about the creator at this point in that light of the creator in us, that it's endless, it's uncaused, unsupported, without parts, without change. And the consciousness, which he's talking about the relative, the I, me, and mine, is a reflection against the surface, a state of duality, because it's I, me, mine, yours, and not mine, and I want what you've got, and you want what I've got. And, and he's saying here, there can be no consciousness without awareness. So yes, even though we have this I, me, and mine ego, it doesn't mean we don't have spirit or soul. It's there. It's always there. You know, the divine, the creator is always there, regardless of what's going on in our lives or what we perceive is going on in our lives. It is always there. And as it's saying here, but there can be awareness without consciousness. Which means our soul, our spirit, the divine, the creator is not relied on our physicalness. That's difficult for us to understand because we base everything on this I, me, and mine, on this body. I don't feel good. You know, I'm tired. I want this. I don't like that. I like this. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, I hate that. How could he do this? Oh, I'm so glad they did that. See, it's all coming from a physical perspective and not from a spiritual perspective. And that's what we need to shift. That's the purpose of one of our missions is switching to the spiritual and allowing us to see, perceive, and experience from a whole different level, a whole different reality. And we can definitely do this. And as he's saying here, there's a lot of times that awareness comes out in our deep sleep, but we're just not aware that that awareness uh, is there and that we, we travel. You know, our spirits, our souls travel in, in sleep. And we'll have shows coming up on this uh, sometime down the pike. But again, you know, as he's saying, awareness is absolute. Its consciousness is relative to its content. Consciousness is always of something. So that which is, to whoever you want to label that, the creator, is absolute. It doesn't need anything to be. It is. But this physical body, this consciousness, relies on a lot, infinite amounts of things in order for it to, to exist. You know, we need food, we need water, we need, you know, air, we need a certain type of air, we need a certain quality of food, air and water. If any of those things aren't met, we die. You know, we, we need a certain, you know, for these physical forms to exist, they need set standards that need to be met. If any of those standards are not met, then the physical experiences suffering, pain and death and illness. And where does all of the things come from 
that help this physical, this I, me, and mine ego in this physical humanness, where does it all come from? The creator. <laughs> if we didn't have the creator, none of this would exist. Nothing would exist. It all comes from the creator. So it's ever so important to also be aware of that. Okay, next is number 11. He says, all you need is to get rid of the tendency to define yourself. All definitions apply to your body only and its expressions. Once this obsession with the body goes, you will revert to your natural state spontaneously and effortlessly. So what does he mean there? If we stop defining ourselves as this human form only, as this I, me, and mine, and start identifying as child of God, the soul, the spirit, um, you know, and, and understanding and realizing and awakening that the creator is always with us, always with us, always doing for us, always creating. And we can co-create with the creator once we wake up to that. And he says, you know, once this obsession with the body goes, and it's not saying to, like, say, you know, hate your body, hate your ego, hate your, you know, it's no, it's not that. See, so that's going a, a completely different opposite direction, which is, you know, Advaita, another thing with Advaita is non-duality. It's not going to extremes. It's that, you know, that middle path, that right down the middle. And that's what this is saying here is once you stop obsessing with, with the I, the me, the mind, the body, you will start naturally reverting to what you truly and naturally are, which is your soul, your spirit, your connection with the creator. And you will live, begin living a life from that. So next we go into number 12. All you need is already within you. Only you must approach yourself with reverence and love. Self-condemnation and self-distrust are grievous errors. So this is again piggybacking on what he had just said is that you have to come from a place of love. Don't start hating your body. Don't start hating this physical. Don't start beating yourself up saying, I'm so stupid. I used to do this and I did that. And no, no. All of that was for a reason. All of that led to where you are now. So be grateful for the mistakes that you've made. Just learn from them, grow from them, evolve from them. Don't stay with them. Don't attach to them. Let it go. And the past is the past. And, you it, you know, it's something to learn from, but it's not something to live in. And so many of us, including me, raise my hand, all too often fall into the rut of living in the past. Continuously rehashing things that happened in the past and reliving it and being upset by it and, and you know, dwelling on it. And what is that doing? That's taking away the now, this precious moment that we have now that we won't ever have again. It's never been. It never will be. This second that just clicked on the clock just is a second you've never lived before and never will live again. So how will you live in this moment? How will you live in this second? Will you live from the past, dwelling on something that's already long gone that never will be again? Or do you let go and live from love? from your heart, from your soul, from your spirit with the creator. 
Okay, so let's do two more, and then I will let you all go. Uh, okay, this one here. This is number 13. You must maintain this knowledge, I am, in proper order. All the dirt, which is not the towel, should be removed. Similarly, I am is the tool through which you get all the knowledge. You worship that I am, remove all the adulteration, and remove the dirt. Or as one of my favorite uh, Kabbalah teachers, Rabbi Zolman Shakhtar Shalomi says, change the diapers of your mind because <laughs> there's poo-poo in your head that you need to get rid of. So change your diapers in your mind. <laughs> so he's saying the same thing here is that this I am, this again, associating and, and realizing what you truly and naturally are, which is your, your spirit, your soul and your connection, your bond with the creator helps get that dirt is the tool that gets the garbage that changes the diaper in your mind. You know, go, operating from the heart will purify and cleanse the mind. And, you know, to worship, literally worship the creator, to, you know, give thanks and gratitude all the time. And as I said, offer prayers always. It doesn't have to be for, you know, extravagant things. Don't wait until you, you are in dire need. Why would you do that? You know, do you only pick up a phone and call a friend when, when you need something? You know, what kind of relationship is that? This is the same thing with the creator. Don't commune with the creator only when you are in need. Give gratitude. Thanks. Be just like you would with any friend. You can talk just so naturally. You don't need um, formal prayers or any of that stuff. Just speak with the creator as you would anybody else. Just if you're having a terrible day, say, look, you know, God, Hashem, Hecate, whomever, this sucks right now. This, What's going on right now in my life sucks. And I'm sorry I'm coming from the I, me, and mine, the ego. I realize that, you know, this is the humanness of me that's suffering because this sucks. Please, please give me strength. Give me strength and wisdom to see uh, the, you know, the, the, poo-poo in this and help me change this diaper so I can, can, can move on and flow in your love and spirit and achieve the goals that I am here to achieve. See, it's that's honestly, it's that simple, but it's been so ingrained in us not to do that, to not bother the big guy that we don't do it. And then it feels so uncomfortable. And that's something we all have to work on. That's something we all have to work through. And it can be done, folks, little by little. Try it. You'll see that eventually it becomes habit, that the old habits fall away and these new habits transform your life infinitely, infinitely transform your life. And not only your life, but the lives of all of those around you. Because when you transform and change yourself in your life, the world around you and everyone in it transforms and changes as well. Because why? How? You are bringing in more and more light. And more and more light is being shared with others. And that light is coming through you. You're like a portal. You're a lighthouse. You're shining and sharing that light as you receive it with others. And it's helping them to grow and evolve and realize their true nature, which is the same as yours and mine and everybody else's. Okay, let's skip ahead a little bit. We'll go to number 16, and this will be the last one. 
The world is like a sheet of paper on which something is typed. The reading and the meaning will vary with the reader, but the paper is the common factor, always present, rarely perceived. When the ribbon is removed, typing leaves no trace on the paper. So is my mind. The impressions keep on coming, but no trace is left. So this one's really deep because he's comparing the paper to the divine or to what we truly and naturally are, to our soul, to our spirit, to our connection with the divine. And that, you know, we're just focused on the words on the paper. We're focused on our life and how it's played out. We're not focused on what, where our lives came from or what they're supposed to be. We're not focused on what is God, what is the vehicle of the, our lives? You know, what, how did the, the writing get to us? So what happens when you realize that, when you begin to realize that you're the actual spirit, the soul, and your, your um, connection with the creator? He said it's like, and this is for us old timers, because you youngins don't know about what typewriters are, but there's a ribbon in there that has the ink. When it strikes the, you know, the, each key strikes the ribbon, it leaves the, the word on the paper or the letter on the paper. So what he says is, at first, we're going through life and we're just typing away or we're just going through and we're focused on the ink on the paper and focused on the typing. We're not focused on what we truly and naturally are and what, what everyone truly naturally is. But when we start to make that shift to spirit, to soul, to, to the creator, what happens? He said it's like he compares it to um, removing the ribbon from a typewriter and typing. Still, You're still typing, but it leaves no trace. So you're still in this life, you're still living, but the things that used to scar and harm and um, just make things difficult and suffering for you fade away. Now, again, I'm not saying you'll never get sick. You'll never, you, you will see it and perceive it so much differently. You'll see it for what it is. Yes, this body is sick. This body's in the hospital. This body's going through heart surgery, but your soul, what you truly are is not. And yes, we need this body as a vehicle, but I don't identify with my car, but I need it, right? How many of us identify with, raise your hand if you identify with your car. If you look outside and you see your car, you get in your car and you say, I am my car. My car is me. That's in essence what we're doing in this lifetime is we're saying we are this body. I am this body. We associate and identify, there's the word, we identify as this body, as this physical being, and we're not. Yes, this is our vehicle. It's important, just like your car is a vehicle, it is important to help you get to where you need to go. So you take care of your car, right? If you don't take care of your car, what happens? Car breaks down, ends up, failing and it can't be repaired. Same thing for our bodies. They're vehicles. It's not what or who we truly are. I hope that makes, I pray that makes at least some sense to you all. To me, that's a very good analogy is that we're not, or to spirit, I should say. <laughs> that's a really good analogy is that we're, we're not, we're not a car, you know, Yes, our bodies are vehicles, but we don't identify with 
we should not identify with the body. You know, yes, this body is labeled angel. It is named angel. But is it truly what angel is? No, no. This is just a vehicle for angel to get around and do what it truly is meant to do in this lifetime. So it's important to take care of this vehicle, this body, this humanness, this human form, but ever more important to not identify as it. It's like we don't identify with our car. Okay, folks. So I'll step down from the soapbox on this one. Whew. Un unplug, unplug from the light. I'm, I'm burning up. <laughs> I'm burning up on this one in a good way, in a good way. So anyway, I ho so hope and pray that this at least makes some sense to you all. If it doesn't, don't stress, don't fret, don't poo-poo on it. Just put it aside. Download it. Download this, this, this podcast, this show. Download it to your phone or your tablet or whatever you use to listen to and save it for later. Couple shows down the pike, you might come back to this and it will make complete sense to you. If it makes complete sense to you now, hey, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the club. Let us keep going in this mode, in this fashion, in this way of identifying from what we truly are, which is our soul, our spirit, our connection with the creator, instead of identifying as our vehicle, which is this human body. So again, and as always, links to everything I've shared will be in the show description, as well as these 70 sayings from Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj, which I highly recommend. I mean, there's so much wisdom in these pages, and I wish uh, I could go on and on and on, but I believe I've already worn out my welcome. <laughs> At least I hope. I, I pray I haven't. But regardless, I think I've given you all just so much information that your cup runneth over, and I don't want that to happen because... Too much information is as bad and detrimental as not enough information. Um, so I want to make sure I pause here. And if you all have any questions, again, as I was saying earlier, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm here. I'm here for you, and I'll do everything I can to help you, um, please. And that contact information is coming up here in just a moment after we, get, uh, after we do our uh, closing prayers and asking for uh, prayers and updates for those in need. So please stay tuned for that. And now for our prayer request and updates. As I mentioned uh, before the start of this show, um, Haley has ascended from this lifetime, and um, we will definitely continue to send her our prayers, light and love, especially her family, uh, her husband Taylor, her four-year-old son Weston, uh, also in need of prayers is Terry, Denise, Nicholas, Maudie, Stephanie, Sarah, and Kia, Elaine, Bob, Clyde, Lisa, Lannon, excuse me, Lana, Megan, and Molly, and Gwen. They have just lost their little uh, fur baby, um, Luna, this past Monday. So let us please say some extra prayers and send them some extra love and energy. Also in need of prayers is Octavia, Trish, Chad, and their family, Bishop Ashley and his family, Brother Abel, Mike S. and Kelly, his wife. Uh, my brother Michael was in an auto accident earlier this week at work. Uh, he is okay, other than being very sore. So let us please keep healing prayers and energies sending to him. Uh, Tanya, Cheryl, Elijah, his grandmother Janet, 
husband Andrew, father Mike, his husband Eddie, uh, Eddie's mother Becky, Emma, Jean, Kathy and Tony and their family, Michael T, Kyra, Courtney Moore, Jan, James and Linda and Patty. And if you are in need of prayers, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out. My contact information is coming up here at the end of the show and is at the end of every show. I love to pray and our Faith in More family, which is all of you, love to pray as well. So let us pray for you. And now our closing prayer and benediction. Let us pray. O oh, great and heavenly creator, universe, Hashem, Allah, Adonai, the Great Mother, you have so many labels that we have bestowed upon you, but none of them could ever, ever come close to what you truly are, which is everything. We give thanks and gratitude to you for each and every moment, for each breath, for each heartbeat. Thank you for today's teaching. Please help us to understand not only in our head, but also in our heart and to awaken to you and to be able to receive more and more of your love and light so we can become closer with you and so we can help others. We know that you have welcomed Haley with open arms and love. And we thank you for the moments that we have been able to experience through Haley and her family. We ask that you please be with Haley's husband, Taylor and son, Winston, as well as the rest of their family and friends as they grieve a major, major loss in their life. We know that Haley has ascended and that she is stronger than ever and she is no longer suffering and that she is with you and continues to be with her family and all of us. Help us to understand loss from a human point because as we truly know, there's no such thing as loss, but in our humanness, we do feel and experience a great deal of loss. We also ask that you please help us to understand, to feel, and to realize that our loved ones who have ascended are still with us. Help us to be able to hear them, to feel them, allow us to pray for them and share our light with them and allow them to Help us and guide us along our journey, along our soul's journey. We love you beyond words, O oh great creator. And again, we are infinitely thankful for each and every moment of each and every day. Amen. I so hope and pray you all have enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you're searching for in a podcast here and more. Please stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. 
If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever format that you're listening, because this will greatly help move the show up. So when people do a general search, they're more likely to find us. And the more people we reach, the more people we can help. Also, feel free, please, please, please feel free to share the show with anyone and everyone that you feel might be interested in it and it might benefit. And if you really, really enjoy the show, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show and the Faith and More ministry. Offerings can be made through patreon.com slash faithandmorepodcast. We actually have three tiers of membership there. So again, at patreon.com slash faithandmorepodcast. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. There's lots of great videos there, and it gives you more of an immersive experience. Just go to youtube.com slash at faith and more podcast next is prayers i love to pray in our faith and more family that is you love to pray as well so let us pray for you there are two ways to do this the first is to email me directly at faith and more podcast at gmail.com the second is through our website at faith and more podcast.wixsite.com slash my dash site there's a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers and of course links to everything here mentioned in the show and in the closing here can be found in the show description intro and outro music are courtesy of lay fm lesfm which is at lesfm.net and the oblates infomercial is courtesy of ivy music links can be found in the show description check them out and show them some love so until next time have a blessed weekend know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. Bless you.